Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. You can probably feel me trying to say this through a smile, but oh, it's tough to smile this week, guys. This was a tough one. Oh, losing three or four to the Marlins is not what you want to do when you're trying to reestablish momentum, when you're trying to regain the identity that you'd already built. It's uh, what a roller coaster this season has been. And it's only right that, you know, the wheels appear to fall completely off the, the rails at this point. Um, and, you know, and there's still 50 something games left. They can turn it around, but Oh my goodness. I have the numbers here for the week with runners in scoring position. This is over four games against the Marlins. Eight for 43 with runners in scoring position, 41 men left on base. doesn't matter how your starting pitching is doing. It doesn't matter how your bullpen is doing. One is doing good. One is doing not so good. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, it doesn't matter who's hitting. doesn't matter if Javi Baez is is doing backstrokes down the third baseline to hit plate to hit the home plate on a slide. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You, you you have to take the opportunities that you're given and run with them. And sure, this is just me being a fan and frustrated right now. And you guys know me. I always try to keep it optimistic. But you know, you leave forty plus men on base over a four game span. You lose three or four to a last place team, and you let the Phillies, who are a fine team, they're not good. They're they're good. They're not great. And the same could be said about the Mets. They haven't, you know, they showed a lot of inspired courage to get through what they got through. Um, it, up for grabs is the probably the best way to describe this division right now. I think on paper the Mets can run away with this division. Until they start doing it, it's you know it, it is what it is. Um, Javi Baez, you saw his impact on both ends of the spectrum between Wednesday and Thursday. On Wednesday he was El Mago. On Thursday he struck out five times. It's going to happen. We know what the uh, we 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 as fans knew what we were getting when Javi Baez got traded to the Mets. Um, I think the Mets are going to have a lot of analyzing to do over the next couple of months to see whether this is someone they want to invest in long-term. And uh, I, you know, at, at his zenith, when he's playing at his best, he's a star. No question about it. There are deficiencies to his game. If the Mets think that they can get a net positive out of it at a reasonable price for the next, I don't know, three, five, whatever years. I don't know if he's going to do a long, I, I, I don't know these things, but if you can get him short term, considering he has been up and down, you go for it. Uh, again, let's see what the market dictates. But um, you saw the best of the best in both uh, the best and worst of, of his worlds there. Uh, Michael Conforto, who's been in in an absolute rut, we saw him kind of come out of things on Wednesday. But you know, 
who knows if that holds. Um, he's hitting the ball harder and, and he's going back to the opposite field more and always great to see. But how do you know it's even going to, you know, you don't know. And I know I get all worked up on, on Twitter and I don't even get worked up. I just try to stay positive. And, you know, I have to mute people on Twitter because they're just constantly in my replies. This team sucks. You know, well, OK, I'm showing I, I just I'll put a stat up. People are like, no, you're wrong. I didn't give you any opinion. <laughs> All I put up was a stat. Relax. I get it. We're, we're a very, very passionate fan base. I understand. Just, I don't know. It's just baseball. I'm not going to get myself all wrapped up in the ups and downs of a season. Um, I think, you know, we can call a spade a spade and say, yeah, this is a really, really low point for, for this team um, on many levels. The bullpen's been really good. If you go back to the start of the Atlanta series, the bullpen's got like the seventh best ERA in baseball. Trevor May's been terrific. Edwin Diaz has been great. Jerry's familiar has been up and down. He had a rough go on Thursday, but overall he's been terrific. You really can't go wrong there. Um, the starting pitching, and, and we saw Carlos Carrasco really return to form on, on Wednesday. Had his sinker really work and his slider really work and his four seam. I think he only relied on those three pitches, really. He didn't throw a split change like he did in his first outing. Um, and he looked like a, you know an ace. It was really cool to see. Very encouraging. Wednesday was encouraging. You saw a lot of cool things, but boy, uh, as a uh, on the whole, this was a very, very just tough series to uh, to palate. Just you know, you can't you can't put God, you can't put over three dozen guys on base and only score. How many runs did they score all week? Seven, twelve, fourteen runs off of forty-one guys on base. I just, you know, I we understand because we watch every day and we get it, but my goodness. Hey. Now, if you can go back and you can look at all the bases, loaded numbers, which, you know, on Friday, uh, on Thursday, excuse me, uh, the Mets had <laughs> bases loaded in the first inning with none out, uh, ended up ending the game with the bases loaded. You know, heading into the game, the Mets were hitting 218 with bases loaded, which was... Tied for 27th in the majors? 24th in the majors. My apologies. I have chicken scratch. I tried to take notes. An 89 weighted runs created plus, which was 22nd. Um, you know, it, you can't take the whole season into account with this group, at least in my opinion. Because remember, you have to take into account that this team was playing guys like Billy McKinney, Mason Williams. I can go through the list here. But, it, you know, there, there were... Um, <laughs> things holding this group, this team back, you know, 30-something IL stints over the first half of the season will do that. Um, but even in, in recent weeks, uh, you know, since June 1st, the Mets 244 with runners in scoring position, um, it's tied for 20th in baseball. Like, that's at a time when the Mets offense was supposedly clicking. And, and in July, they finished the month with, you know, top five numbers in a lot of offensive categories across Major League Baseball. But that was from like a two and a half week span. Um, they, they since Again, since June 26th, this team is, uh, at least offensively, has fallen flat. Um, there have been bright spots. This is all, of course, heading into Thursday's games. Um, 
their 661 OPS since July 26th is 24th in baseball. So bottom third. Um, you know, Brandon Drury, <laughs> uh, he showed it again on the base hit in the ninth to almost to keep the things or keep things alive in the uh, in the series finale loss. But uh, he he's hitting 524 with a 1565 OPS over the last two weeks. Jeff McNeil, 343 with a 395 on base percentage, 657 slugging. My goodness. Uh, Dominic Smith, 281, 324 on base. Even VR, 250, 344 on base. Um, you know, there have been contributors. On the whole, over the last few weeks, guys have just fallen off a cliff. I mean, even Pete. Pete Alonzo, who's been outstanding. Um, he's back to his polar bear home run hitting pace, um, at least since he returned from the I.O. In, in May. But even his hot streak has him back towards his, I guess you could say, where we guessed he would be, around the 40 home run pace or something like that. But since the 26th of July, he's hitting 175, 267, 350. Uh, J.D. Davis, who, of course, we said is dealing with a little hand injury or the hands flaring up. Uh, 167, 231, 250 over the same span. Kevin Pillar, I mean, you know, uh, he's he's a heart and soul guy. Actually won the Heart and Hustle Award this year, just this week, which is congratulations to Kevin Pillar. And, you know, you can't understate the contributions beyond the field. And that's where a Conforto comes in. That's where a Pillar comes in. And sure, you'd love to see these guys contribute on the field, but so much more goes into it. But, um you know, Conforto, same deal, hitting 194 the last couple of weeks. James McCann, who from, you know, June 1st up until a couple of weeks ago was really, really raking, hitting up in the 290s uh, since July 26th, 217, 250, 261. Brandon Nimmo, he's got a 375 on base percentage over the past two weeks, but he's only hitting 231 as well. Like, um, there, there's a lot to be said for consistency. There's also a lot to be said for not finding or not being able to find consistency. That's a that's a deficiency in itself, is not being able to find that consistency. And you know, the optimist in me says, Well, yeah, sure, maybe they're gonna rediscover it again and you know, their backs have been up against the wall all all year. And they've played their best when their backs are coming when their backs have been up against the wall in those spots. Why can't that translate into the season as a whole. Right now, the Mets are going to go into Friday with a half-game lead at the very most over the Phillies. They're going into Philly for three, and they're playing their worst baseball of the season. Their backs are up against the wall, without a doubt. Maybe we see the Mets break out and, and just show their true selves. Maybe they show they gain enough momentum, they can carry themselves all the way through to October, or at least out of this rut and take it from there. Maybe they fall flat on their faces. There's really no telling what's going to happen because, once again, this is baseball. And that's the beauty of it. It's just – it's – it is what it is. And at the end of the year, we'll be able to take it all and say, oh, yeah, well, this was a <laughs> – that was a detrimental point in the season. Oh, they had an opportunity here but didn't take advantage of it. The opportunities are running out very quickly. I said it on the Apple this week. Um Relying on coming back at the end of games is that magic's going to run out soon. That carriage is going to turn back into a pumpkin. 
midnight is coming and you're going to have to, um, you, you just, you have no choice but to get back to basics, simplify things at the plate. You know, I'm not a professional hitter. I'm not a professional hitting coach. I can't tell you what guys are thinking in the box. I can tell you that they're fooled by pitching a lot. They're being, you know, and you, and there are players who have been trudging through. We just went over the positives. We also went over the negatives. And, you know, you guys see what you see, and I see what I see. And, you know, it, some guys are really struggling. And there are guys on the team that have been able to stand up and say, all right, get on my back and let's go. And you just have to hope that you see more of it down the stretch because, uh, yeah, it's it's not always there. And you can't expect it to be there every night. This is a 162-game season. You can't expect miracles. You can't expect to, to win 115 games like you the 2001 Seattle Mariners. 116 games? Yeah. Um, I said that on the Apple this week too. The, the battle-tested teams, those are the ones who are – maybe possibly more well-equipped well to head into October. You know, those Mariners from 2001, they lost in the first round. It didn't matter whether they had all those wins. Um, the, without facing adversity, you don't gain that toughness. And this team, <laughs> without a doubt, has gained a, a ton of toughness. It just it comes down to what they're going to do with it. You know, Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman has had a couple of dips this season in production. What does he do? He comes right back out of it and, and, and reels off three or four good starts in a row. His last time out wasn't that good either, and, and now we're going to have to see uh, you know, what he does with that. And I believe he starts the series on Friday in, in Philly. So, you know, get whoever's going to have to step up and be the stopper these days. And, and Rich Hill did it on Thursday. He gave you five innings of, of really nice baseball, and Carrasco did it on Wednesday. At least the Mets were able to pick up and win in the situation, but – you know, Taiwan Walker, once he regains his uh, his footing, you know, you have the ability to kind of fall back into that groove. Hopefully get to ground back soon. He's very confident that he'll be back. Uh, of course, the MRI later in, in the month is going to tell more. Um, I believe they were able to pinpoint that he does not have ligament damage in his elbow and there's no bone chips in his elbow. Otherwise, they don't know what's wrong. It's just inflammation. He said that he can throw. He can't get on a mound and actually throw, like actually throw. But he was, he, you know, he could soft toss and stuff, and he was okay. But, uh, you know, you could tell when he was speaking, I believe it was on Tuesday, uh, possibly Monday. Um, you know, you could see and hear the frustration in his voice and on his face. You, you, could, you could feel it. He wants to be out there. And, and you know, Jacob DeGrom knows his body better than anybody else does. If he's not opting for surgery, he is well aware that he doesn't need surgery. That That's at least how I see it. We shall see. When he says he's confident that he's going to be back this season, I believe him. When he says he's anxiously awaiting to see that MRI on, I believe Tim Healy from Newsday said it was August 13th. Uh, I'm also believing him that he's very anxious to see it too, because, uh, you know, it, it, Jacob DeGrom isn't the end-all, be-all of this team's contention, but he's very important to the bottom line. So you have to, uh, you know, keep the boat afloat until things are back in line. 
And, you know, between Strowman, between Carrasco, between McGill, between Rich Hill, between Taiwan Walker, you have a nice group of starters here who, once you get that, I know I've said it a bunch on this show, this is going back to the Andrew days, once you have that internal competition going and you have guys competing with each other to keep that effectiveness of the group together. You really see it take form. I think we kind of saw it take form at the bullpen in recent weeks. Um, you know, Edwin Diaz regaining a feel for his pitches and really starting to take off again. Trevor May, I believe, over his last 21 appearances, uh, 1.77 ERA, uh, a whip of well under one. And, you know, this is the type of things that kind of that, – that should be able to – or at least the guys around the ones who are succeeding. Oh, boy, I wish I could turn that back. The guys who are struggling should be able to look at these guys and be like, wow, this is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's only a few steps out of hell. And hopefully um, it doesn't take long for these guys to, to recognize that because, boy, these Mets could certainly use a, uh, a kick in the pants in that regard. We're going to take a very, very quick break. Um, Come back and just kind of briefly go through what, what to expect in the Philly series. And uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up from there. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, guys. So real quick, just going to go through what we got coming up on the weekend. Um, Friday night in Citizens Bank Park, which is a ballpark that the Mets absolutely rake in. So you have to hope that that's a, a, a good sign of things to come. The opposing pitchers on the opposite side of the uh, of, of the chalk there is going to be a uh, a bit of a hurdle to get over, to say the least. Uh, you got <clears throat> excuse me, Kyle Gibson, who just came over from the Rangers to the Phillies, going for Philadelphia on Friday. Uh, really having a very nice season: two point eight six ERA, ninety nine strikeouts over just shy of one hundred and twenty innings pitched. Going up against Marcus Stroman, who again has been. Arguably the Mets' most consistent pitcher, not named Jacob DeGrom this year. And uh, just like Carlos Carrasco on Wednesday and Rich Hill on Thursday, he's going to have to play the role of stopper. And, uh, you know, I think we see the best of Stroh when he knows his, uh, his services are needed. So got to hope for the best there. Uh, Rojas sat Jeff McNeil and Brandon Nimmo on Sunday, both pinch hit uh, Sunday, excuse me, on Thursday. Uh, both pinch hit, but both sat to start. Um, so they could play the whole weekend in Philadelphia. So you have to assume they'll both be back in the starting lineup on Friday. Um, and, you know, when 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 you have that whole complete one through eight that the Mets have been really striving to, to, to put out there every night all year, um, it almost adds a buzz to the evening. I know I looked at the lineup a couple of times this week and, you know, <laughs> didn't always pan out, but you look at it and say, oh, wow, that's so nice to see, like one through eight, and it's all the guys that you want to see there. And 
Um, I'm not opposed to getting Tomas Nito some more reps. I know his bat has been cooled off as of late, but uh, I really do like the what he brings behind the plate. I think uh, James McCann had a real nice run, but he's struggling at the plate right now. So, um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see who uh, if Rojas goes with the hot hand there. But, yeah, I mean, Friday's got to be – it's a game the Mets almost have to win. They just – they need to get back, get off the schneid, need to create more separation. If, if Philly wins, I don't even know the score right now. I'm sitting here recording. Top of the third, the Phillies are winning one nothing over the Nationals. You guys won't be hearing this till like either middle of the night on uh, on Thursday into Friday or Friday morning. But as of right now, the Phillies are only up one nothing. We'll see how that turns out. But again, the Mets. Best case scenario, they leave Philly with a head full of steam and a two plus game lead in the division, going off on their way. Worst case, they're looking up. And they're punching up, and they're in the same spot they've been in all year, just fighting and clawing back and hoping that it works out. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I want to give you something better than that, but that's where they are at this point. They've dug a hole. They're currently in the hole. And then, you know, they got to get get the hell out of the hole. <laughs> that's all there is to it. But so on, on uh, excuse me, on Friday, you got Stroman. On Saturday, and this is a 4 o'clock start, I got Tyler McGill up against Ranger Suarez, who was the Phillies' closer last I checked, but now he's starting games, stretched him out. Good for him. Um, Tyler McGill coming out, coming off his worst outing as a major leaguer uh, after his, you know, <laughs> I said it on the last show, he had five starts in July. Uh, yeah, five starts in July, 1.04 ERA. Best ERA in baseball among starting pitchers with at least 20 innings pitched. He should have won Rookie of the Month. He should have won won Pitcher of the Month if he was qualified, but he wasn't because of the innings. I believe that's what held him back. Anyway, um, I'd love to see Tyler McGill kind of shake off the last one and uh, and get back to what he was doing because it really extremely special and uh, much needed until uh, until the reserves are are back at uh, at full strength. And then on Sunday, oh boy, on Sunday, you got a 1 o'clock matinee. Um, National League Cy Young contender Zach Wheeler is going for the Phillies, of course, and uh, Tywan Walker looking to 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 get back uh, get back on that horse. I know we just talked about it, and you know you have to wonder whether it's you know the the, the workload or na- a nagging injury or just again it could possibly be just an adjustment. And we saw it over his last I think after he let up the four runs in the, in the first. On uh, on Wednesday, um, you know, through eight eight uh, retired eight Marlins in a row. After that, like on Tuesday, sorry, but that's gonna um, that's gonna play. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be all right. Like as long as he's not grooving pitches like he has been over his last few starts, and can settle back into that really really nice you know in on your hands, kill you with secondary stuff zone that he was in over the first half. Um, Again, it could be real, really helpful, especially this weekend, because, you know, the Mets go into, I think that Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday are, you know, Friday's going to be a tough one against Kyle Gibson. That's more of a have to win game because you do not want to fall fall behind and start playing that game in Citizens Bank Park. But um, come out firing on, on Friday. If you win that game, and I think Saturday's a winnable game against the Suarez uh, with McGill on the mound, 
you know, going to Sunday with a little bit of momentum, let, let Taiwan Walker feel that and then get on the mound and, and translate that into success. And boom, before you know it, he's back in the groove too. Uh, you know, wishful thinking, probably. I know I hear a lot of stuff on Twitter about this team is cooked. And, and I, guys, I swear I appreciate the banter. I love the banter. I have had to mute people because it's just constant. I, I call it the perpetual bummer. And, um, you know, I'm not telling anyone how to be a fan. I swear I'm not. Um, I just, you know, I see things from my own point of view. I've been watching this team long enough, this franchise long enough, that I know it's never easy. And you kind of have to take that big picture mentality sometimes. And at the end of the day, it's just baseball. So, you know, there's something to be said for um, redemption. And redemption is really always just a, a hot streak away. Think about 2015. The Mets were scuffling, to say the least. You could even say they were in a similar position. Not the same, but a similar position to the one that they are in now. With a arguably less talented roster. Um, better starting ro- uh, Comparable starting rotation. Uh, you know, almost like a whiter, a whiter red on that one. Whatever your, your preference is. Um, but back to the point. You know, the Mets had 60 games left or something to that effect when they traded for Ioana Cespedes. Gained all the momentum that they needed to get to the World Series. Who's to say that that won't happen this year? On that note, let's fucking go Mets, everybody. We'll see you next time. You know where to find us. Anyway, you listen to pods. Peace. Peace.